you are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Long shared his honest feelings about his departure from the Chicago Bears, but I think some of the reaction to his words may have taken it a little bit too far and a little bit out of context. Welcome into the Locked On Bears podcast, brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your Chicago Bears news and analysis, and today we are going through the tweets Mr. Long sent on Monday, sort of what he did say and what he didn't say and what he tried to clarify and what we can take away from that. And we'll sort of compare that to what he's said earlier this offseason to kind of get a more full picture of his thoughts on the organization that he has retired from. We'll also kind of go through how his 2019 season and career ultimately ended. And then we'll wrap up with a look at the latest of NFL players testing positive for COVID-19 and what that could mean for the Bears this season. Kyle Long didn't wake up Monday morning looking to bash the Chicago Bears on Twitter. And I still don't think that's what he even did, or certainly not what he intended to do. But it, it simply started when uh, a fan had asked him specifically about his golfing and something he had been interested in doing more now that he's no longer in the NFL. And so, of course, somebody said, is that why you retired so young? Which Kyle Long responded, I didn't retire. I got fired. I'll know with conviction whether I'm done for good or not in the next few weeks. Full transparency, I miss football, but at what cost? I'm most likely going to be on golf courses instead of gridirons. Which, of course, leads Bears fans to respond and say, hey, Bears still need a right guard. There could be a, you know, Kyle could come back and get in that competition there. And Kyle responded, and this is where I think the context was started to get lost, was his response was, I would wait for a new coaching staff. So, of course, that opened the floodgates of, oh, Kyle Long hates Matt Nagy, Kyle Long hates XYZ, he's anti-Bears, etc., etc. And he kind of did his best to not necessarily walk it back, but to at least sort of explain where he was coming from. You know, he said, I got fired. If you ever get dumped and try to holler back, no. You know, and he said... He's got mad love for Bears fans, and he said the point was if he wanted to play again for the Bears, it would need to be under a new staff because the current one is the one that released him. And he he says they had every right to. It's not that complicated. He just said he doesn't necessarily mean he would want to play for them. He believes in the team and the coaches and has supported the staff and the roster since he's been released, but it's just the way the decision was made and the way... It doesn't work in the NFL where he doesn't think the coaching staff would want him back. You know, he said, if someone asked if I would return to Chicago, this staff would never take me. So it's it's partially Kyle Long and it's partially, I think, the Bears and, and Long suspecting that the Bears wouldn't want him back even if he wanted to be back, given how they basically took him out of the lineup and told him he was done, you know, halfway through the Raiders game in London. At halftime, he was pulled and that was when the decision was more or less made. And... Kai Long himself has admitted that he wasn't playing very well and that he wasn't 100% healthy and that he didn't quite recognize the same player that he was at that time. So he understood why they made that decision and ultimately why his Bears career ended. But 
It doesn't mean he has to necessarily like it. He doesn't have to fully agree with it either. You know, he it's tough to be a, a veteran like him, making the kind of money he was with some Pro Bowls in his past, fighting from, you know, four off-seasons of surgery, feeling like, okay, maybe this year can be different with, with how much effort and work he put in to be pulled, you know, halfway through the fourth game of the season and be told, sorry, bud, after, what, eight years, seven years with the Chicago Bears organization, your whole career there, and being rewarded with that contract extension and feeling like he gave everything to this team and this locker room and this city to just kind of be told, well, we're going to go with somebody else instead. And yes, injuries were a factor in that, and I'm sure there was some relief for him to be able to recover and heal up a little bit more. But I think it could add a little bit of insult to injury, literally insult to injury, when he's replaced by somebody like Rashad Coward, who, no offense to Rashad Coward, but is just literally a converted defensive lineman. Like, he was very much a work in progress last season, and he showed a lot of encouraging things in during that work in progress, but it was like his first career starts at guard, his first NFL action. And all things considered, it worked out okay for the Bears, but you can see where if you're Kyle Long you might feel a little bit insulted that they would rather go with the totally new raw player at right guard who's just new in the organization, still learning the position and still kind of figuring everything out. Well, you're the 31-year-old veteran who's, or I guess he was 30 at the time, who dedicated everything to this organization. I can see where he might be a little bit miffed. And it's not him saying, I think Matt Nagy is a bad coach. He's not saying the Bears are going to be bad until they fire Matt Nagy. It's just sort of... He, I think he's he, he was fired, and he's right to kind of feel a little bit salty about being fired in the way he did. And it sort of comes down to the NFL being a business, and that business is harsh. And it was harsh to Kyle Long, and if you put yourself in Kyle Long's shoes, I imagine you might feel a little bit of animosity there too. So he still supports the Bears, still loves Bears fans, still loves Chicago, just wouldn't want to necessarily go back and play there right away for the same coaches that ultimately decided to fire him, even if it was justifiably so and rightfully so and in the best interest of the team, that's still hard for anybody to kind of swallow their ego given how everything went down for Kyle Long. And I think it's important to emphasize exactly how it did go down for Kyle Long. And down is the operative word there because it was a long way down. So up next on the podcast, we'll go through specifically the last couple of injury cycles and the last four games of Kyle Long's career, and then also circle back to what he's said about the organization in such a glowing positive light earlier this offseason as he reflected on his career. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Bears. By the end there, Kyle Long was kind of like a beat-up old car that could have used some new parts. And the Bears would have loved to have been able to go to rockauto.com and fix themselves up an offensive lineman. Rockauto.com has auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. It's a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So whether it's your classic car or your daily commuter, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered straight to your door. I really like how the rockauto.com catalog is organized. It's, it's pretty unique and really easy to navigate. So you just kind of search by your car and quickly see all the different parts available and choose by the brand specifications and, of course, prices that you prefer. There's no membership, no login, not different prices for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you're done, go to their How Did You Hear About Us section and write in Locked On so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Last month, we went through a little bit here on the podcast of what kind of a warrior Kyle Long was through most of his career. And I, I think that's important context that could lead to some of the honesty that we saw from him on Twitter on Monday. But I, th- I think it's important, especially looking at the beginning of the 2019 season as well, and everything that's just sort of happened since then, that all accumulates in these sets of messages and the sort of different ways it's being interpreted. So you may remember Kyle Long through his first three seasons was pretty well healthy. Then I believe 2016 was the year where his leg was rolled up in the Buccaneers game and basically destroyed everything from like halfway from his shin down. Achilles was intact, but his ankle was shredded and his season was pretty well over. He was carted off of the field. Then he ended up having a, a UCL ligament torn and then He had a neck injury, shoulder, elbow, chest all over the next few seasons. A ton of surgeries, the surgeries that ended up causing him to vomit a lot and lose a bunch of weight. And and then again, then he gained a bunch of the weight back and then lost a bunch of it again. And then it it just kind of kept adding up with the hip injury in there. And coming into 2019, he wasn't even uh, healthy all that long before for, you know, halfway through the fourth game against the Oakland Raiders, he was pulled once again. And we could kind of tell from the get-go, that something was a little bit off with Kyle Long, even from week one, you know, against the Green Bay Packers. It wasn't necessarily his best performance. You know, I think he had a team-high six pressures in that game. It it felt like, you know, week two against Denver felt like there was a little bit of a bounce back. For whatever reason, he was able to, I would would guess he got a cortisone shot or some sort of recovery in between there because the game against Denver maybe a little bit less pressure versus those interior rushers. I'm not sure what it was, but he was much more consistent in week two. But by week three against Washington, he was back to being pretty darn bad against a pretty darn bad Washington team. I mean, Matt Ioannidis on the interior there is a very good interior defensive lineman, but everywhere else on the defensive interior, you know, you like guys like Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, but they're not necessarily elite pass rushers just yet on the interior and long really had a lot of struggles against Washington. And I misspoke earlier because they gave him week four off against the Minnesota Vikings after such a bad game in Washington. That game, it was split between Ted Larson and Rashad Coward at right guard. Larson really struggled against Minnesota as well. That was the game Trubisky got hurt as well. But then Kyle Long comes back for week five in London against the Oakland Raiders. He did play that entire game against the Raiders, but Long himself has said at halftime he was sort of told that this would be it. And they let him finish out that second half for some reason. They decided that it was okay and that he was good enough for them to play out the rest of that half but not play any more games after that because then after the bye week that followed the London game, he was placed on injured reserve for the rest of the season, presumably with the hip injury that caused him to miss the Vikings game. And, and he had been on the injury report for Washington as well with the hip injury, but it sounds to me like it's the kind of thing that had been there all along and had been sort of lingering from before the season and just a part of his body that hasn't been able to necessarily keep up with the wear and tear of playing a long NFL career on the offensive line. And so having been through all of that, he gets told at halftime of a game that, sorry, 
Kyle, we're going to make a change next week, and that's going to be it for you. We can either release you or you can retire. And he ultimately took the high road and, and has maintained that high road for much of the offseason. I believe it was around Super Bowl week or so. He was doing a round of interviews and talked kind of for the first time really openly about the end of his Bears career now, having already retired at the time. And the, the messaging was very positive and very supportive and, and very honest about how his Bears career went. I'd say, as, as any football player can attest to, at the end of your career, you start to see a football player on film that you don't necessarily relate to, you can't really recognize them. And that's when the ring's been on the wall for me. IR the last four years, not recognizing that dude, feeling like an average football player. I just couldn't have thought of a more better time to walk away. I remember my dad always said, never take an opportunity to not show your, let your freak flag fly, man. Do things that stand out. And don't just be a flash guy. Be a guy that does it all the time. And, yeah, you never want to be average. Um, average guys get replaced. Uh, good players get remembered, and great players are just revered. So I was able to play seven years with one team, and I'm so grateful for that. And I've had a great support system, as you alluded to. But Chicago's home for me, and what a tremendous way to go out. It's almost like if a kid goes to college somewhere outside of his hometown, and then he goes to grad school in that same town and then gets a job in town. You grow up. I've become a man in Chicago. And the people of Chicago have adopted me as their own. The city has adopted me as their own. And I feel home there. And it's awesome. There's nothing like walking around downtown and feeling the love from the fans. That audio courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. But I think it was from a television program for somebody else. I'm not remembering exactly who conducted the interview. But regardless... Kyle Long, more than willing to accept his share of the blame, of feeling like, yeah, I, I wasn't playing that well, and I would have cut me too, that sort of thing. He, he was, he's not necessarily mad at the Bears for his struggles, and he's not even necessarily mad at the Bears. I think he's just sort of realistic about, yeah, they, they released me, and they didn't want me anymore then, and they don't want me anymore now, and I don't really want to go back to that either. I, maybe he was a little bit miffed with how that ended, and I think perhaps it could have been handled a little bit differently and maybe even a little bit more graciously, especially the whole tell him at halftime of a game and then have him play it out still. And on top of all the other offensive struggles the Bears had had, I would guess there's a little bit more to this story than we quite know, but I don't think Kyle Long should be taken quite as negatively in these comments as it seems like he was, at least initially, from the media and fan base. He's not anti-Matt Nagy necessarily. He's not anti-Bears by any means. He's still supporting his team, still loves the fans, still loves the city. And for me, that's what's important. You know, He's still the same old Kyle Long. I don't think we're going to see him suit up and play NFL football ever again, but he's got a lot of other uh, irons in the fire and a lot of other sports racing and golfing interests that he's in. He posted a video of him doing archery as well, and it really seems like Kyle Long is more or less living the dream when it comes to a post-football career. As much as he misses it, as much as he's, his body is going to be, uh, I think, uh, a work in progress for a long time, I think for the most part, He's in a pretty good situation where he can have some fun, do some of the things he wants to do, and, and move on to sort of a, a second career and a second life after football. I think he'd be especially hesitant to come back and play football this year with everything going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. And Monday also brought news of Ezekiel Elliott and a number of other Texas-based football players testing positive for the disease. It's raising a lot of questions about whether or not the NFL regular season will even happen as planned or what it will look like. 
We'll explore the different outcomes and the fallout from these positive tests next on Locked On Bears. Literally just a few minutes before I started recording this podcast, I placed another order on BuiltBar.com. They've got me hooked. I'm addicted. They're the best tasting protein bars ever made. But right now is a really good time to get in on the action because not only do they have up to 50% off on all of their boxes, they're donating 100% of the profits from 8 million bars sold going to organizations that support education, poverty, equality, and ending hate and racism. They also have a limited release flavor overstock closeout with up to 60% off a number of flavors in there as well. So I couldn't resist. I got a good deal. You can too. And you can experience what tastes so good because they do taste just like a candy bar, but 110 calories, 15 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar, all the goodness you need, none of that extra junk that you don't. And on top of all those discounts and the profits going to charity, you can get an extra $10 off your first order when you go to builtbar.com and use our promo code locked on. That's builtbar.com promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. It shouldn't come as a surprise that NFL players are starting to test positive for COVID 19 in the middle of a pandemic where. Anyone could just as easily have been exposed to it, and football players are certainly not immune from that. But it has raised or re-raised some questions about what the NFL season and preseason and beyond is going to look like during all of this because we're not going to have a vaccine by then. We are going to have players test positive, and it raises some concerns about how teams will be able to prevent the spread among their locker rooms with play and facilities with players in a lot of close contact with coaches and you know personnel members and certainly each other in a lot of those confines and playing against opposing teams and coaches and sort of increasing the amount of people you are exposed to every week when you're running into a new offensive lineman across from you or when you're going up against a new cornerback each time. And every different player that you make physical contact with is a potential opportunity to spread the disease if you have it. And that if is an important one because the idea the NFL is sort of working off of here is that, well, if we test players regularly, you know, every three days or however often they deem enough that, oh, well, they could then catch any infected player ahead of time isolate and quarantine him away from everyone else and prevent him from spreading it to be a, a huge outbreak among the league. But the question becomes how that will be handled in terms of competition and fairness of play. Is it just treated like an injury? And so if Ezekiel Elliott, for example, were to have caught this in week two, you know, it's a mandatory 14-day quarantine after testing positive. So that would be presumably two weeks of games missed. Could be more depending on, you know, the exact timing. Sometimes you'll have a Thursday, you know, into a Sunday into a Thursday and another Sunday. You could squeeze a lot of games in a short period of time. And sometimes it's three in almost 13 days and, and that sort of a thing. So at that point, is every team just going to be up to the luck of the draw and say, well, if your quarterback catches COVID-19 and you're on to your backup, Sorry, Tom Brady, you know, sorry, Aaron Rodgers, sorry, any team. I mean, it could hit anybody, any player, any team at any time. And then if there were to be a widespread outbreak on a team, 
like if a player catches it and then the day after he's tested and then isn't tested for another two days, say if it's every three days, and then transmits it to the players next to him in his locker rooms and then, you know, they start transmitting it. How far can it spread in three days? Again, however many days between testing, how, how far can it spread? How many people can it reach before it's out of control and you have half a roster that needs to be quarantined for then 14 days because then you don't have enough players to play. So then do you have to forfeit games or are we canceling games? Are we postponing certain weeks? Are we doing a reduced season? It doesn't seem like there's a true catch-all perfect strategy for this. And it feels like an opportunity for inequality and inequity in the NFL this season. The NFL certainly isn't quite the meritocracy that it likes to pretend it is anyway. But on top of that, you throw in sort of the complete chance and luck of the draw as far as which players may come in contact with the disease, which players may have symptoms of the disease versus being asymptomatic because we're still looking at you know, roughly 25 to 50% of people with COVID-19 do not show severe symptoms in any way. So at that point, are are more players going to have it than they realize at some points? And could players be spreading it without realizing it, depending on how often they're being tested? I mean, a lot of these sort of questions are, are starting to pop up and don't have clear answers. And a lot of this will come even training camp, you know, if Zeke Elliott or whoever, I mean, he's the headliner right now, but it was a number of players on the Cowboys and a number of players on the Texans were confirmed on Monday. If those players are practicing at training camp and then they test positive, you know, d- does that shut down a team's training camp for two weeks if it spreads quickly among the team? And that two weeks is assuming everyone is okay despite catching the disease. And for the most part, young, healthy people are not generally being hospitalized because of COVID-19. It's almost been exclusively elderly people and those with other health conditions. So in theory, no player is going to get a significant, serious complications of this, but it's within the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't think we know the full extent of this disease just yet to say that no player would be hospitalized because then if you're going to miss more than two weeks, all of a sudden it's an even bigger hit on your team's roster. So I I think the testing is going to be the big thing and they're going to hope that it's going to be enough to make it happen because if you're not testing players, forcing them to be tested, even if they're not showing symptoms, then you don't want to worry about players potentially trying to hide symptoms in order to keep playing and then ultimately end up spreading it to even more players and, and coaches in this too. Is if your offensive coordinator catches it and then your head coach catches it, you know, and you start going down to, is your offensive lineman or your offensive line coach going to be calling the plays and your defensive coordinator is going to be the head coach? I mean, at, at what point are you quarantining and running out of bodies here to have anything close to a normal NFL season? And all of this is not even including if there's going to be fans in the stands, which is a whole other element of this, which again may also depend on how widespread testing can be done. And maybe you have to provide a negative COVID-19 test to get into the stadium or, you know, so many different options as far as how this could go. And so few answers at this point as to how it will go. I think it is important to, to note that Elliot and all the other players that tested positive haven't been around the team's facilities. So presumably they should be more or less safe from a widespread outbreak at this point on those teams. But I I think about the Bears in particular with Mitch Trubisky organizing workouts with Allen Robinson and Demetrius Harris and some of the receivers and running backs and tight ends, you know, just locally in Chicago outside of the team facilities. If one guy catches it, 
and spreads it to the rest of those guys in one of those types of situations, you can kind of see why that could happen with the Cowboys and the Texans and, and things like that, even in Chicago. So it's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to handle. And as much as we've all sort of swayed away a little bit from the pandemic in recent weeks with everything else going on in the world and the fight against racism and for equality, which has been hugely important, all of a sudden, as the coronavirus numbers in many states across the country start rising again and approach what could be a second peak or even a continuation of the first wave that never quite went away, it's going to affect the NFL in the same way that it's going to affect the NBA and it's going to affect the MLB. And at this point, I I think it's fair to question what the season is going to look like or even if the season is going to happen or is it going to happen on time or what. I think the NFL is optimistic. They're trying to do everything they can to still get us football on our Sundays. But I think at this point, it's worth uh, putting a little bit of doubt in our minds and preparing ourselves for the worst case scenario. Whatever happens with games this fall, you can bet the Lockdown Bears podcast isn't going anywhere. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you're keeping up with all of our Chicago Bears news and analysis. As we get closer to training camp and the preseason, assuming it's on schedule, we'll start ramping back up a little bit in terms of our frequency here. We're still going to stick to about three shows a week and try and do like a Monday and then something on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and then something on a Thursday, Friday type sort of thing as the important Bears news comes up. So I hope it's a little bit of a football fix for you in this desert portion of the offseason. Maybe we can be your Bears oasis in podcast form and give you that sweet, sweet opportunity to bear down.